It's very important. Mm -hmm. And the more you think about the intentionality of how you're approaching this project, the more these little details actually come to light and can save you. Mm -hmm. They can feel like obstacles, but they're actually life preservers and they'll actually pull you out of a lot of bad situations. Hi, welcome back to Unlocked, a podcast about growing your business through the power of video. My name is Dan, owner and creative director at Blue Key Media, a production company in Minnesota. And today I'm joined again by our very own Sophia Reed, our creative producer here at Blue Key. Welcome back, Sophia. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah. And so today we're talking about common video project pitfalls uh, and hopefully providing some ideas or, or tips on how to avoid them. Yeah. So, Let's let's dive right in. For sure. Uh, what what's our first pitfall? Oh, a very common pitfall that really is hard to get across to people is that they're trying to put too much stuff into one video. It's just one video. If you want to get as much information out into the public as possible, you might want to start thinking about creating more projects and more deliverables. But a common pitfall is oversaturation into one project. And what's the the downfall of that? I mean, it it might seem counterintuitive to uh, you know try and narrow down the message in a video or try to only focus on a few things versus cramming every single piece of information about your company or your product or service. Yeah, I mean, then that's totally understandable. I mean, you want to get the most bang for your buck, but you can actually do the exact opposite. Really, at the end of the day, video is about engagement. You need someone to sit there and watch the video. If they're getting pummeled by all this information and data and all these stories. And even if it's just too long, people aren't going to be able to retain anything that you're giving to them. So if you're trying to put too much into one video, you actually might end up getting less information delivered to your audience. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think that that idea of um, if you try to say everything to someone, you end up saying nothing to everyone. Yep. And so figuring out what is like that most important thing that needs to be communicated. And, you know, if you only have two minutes to a video, but you're trying to cram in, you know, 10 ideas, I mean, how many seconds is dedicated to each idea then? Exactly. Versus a two minute video focused on one idea means that that two minutes is entirely dedicated to like getting the most out of the topic or the message. Uh, and you're right, the viewer walks away with more. Exactly. So for sure. So less is more. Another common pitfall is that people aren't distributing their videos onto the right platforms. Um, once you have this great project and you have all this great information, you want to make sure that you're actually getting it in front of the viewer. Um, that can also be a greater conversation about where you want to do it, where you want to have people engaging with it. Is this your website? Is this uh, with client sales and with pitches and things like that? Mm -hmm. But if you're not thinking about that, you might end up missing the mark. Yeah, and and to that point, a lot of times people overthink, uh, you know, dollar allocation to ad spend, um, and so they put all this money into a great video, but it's designed to be advertised on social media, or you know, it needs a little bit because in all reality, like social media, if you're putting it things on there and you want to drive results you're likely going to need to put some sort of um, ad spend behind it. Yeah. So if you don't think about that until the very end, there might not be budget. 
might be harder talking with, you know, your your executives or your boss to be able to get that approval. So yeah. that's a very good point. Um, so when should we start thinking about about distribution? Ooh, think about distribution early. I would say that should be one of the first things you talk about during pre-production. Mm -hmm. What video are you making and where is it going? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. What's next? What, what, what other kind of pitfalls do we got? I would say not having a clear direction for the tone and the mood for your video. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's really great to have an idea where it's like, I want this to appeal to everyone, but that can also make it kind of a, a flat story. And you don't want that. You want to have a very clear idea of how you want your video and your project to actually impact and make an impression on the viewer. Yeah. So when you can find that tone, you can find the mood, even the pacing. Do you want this video to be fast and lots of quick cuts kind mm -hmm. of action style? Or do you want it to be more informational and slower and intentional? When you don't make those decisions early, you end up getting none of those elements that can really help engagement. Right. Yeah. And and it's hard to change it. Like once you get into post production, you can do quite a bit in post production, but you know, you can't do everything. And so if you don't film it in the right way or you haven't asked the right questions to be able to communicate that tone, um, exactly. you're, you're kind of you're screwed. You're out of luck once you get to the post-production side of things. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's another reason why pre-production kind of takes a lot of time is because you're really fleshing out what the viewer is going to see before you've even filmed it or even mm -hmm. recorded it. And so um, expecting that to come out later is is betting high. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so what about um, call to action? Um, are there common pitfalls around that? Yeah, you really want to think about uh, what the bottom line is for making this video. And if you want a call to action, you really need to have all of the elements of what that call to action is going to be. Um, asking people just to visit your website at the end of a testimonial is great. But do you want them to do more? Do you want them to book a consultation? Do you want them to come into your showroom? Do you want them to book a tour of your facilities? Thinking that through can also impact what actually is inside of the content of the video that mm -hmm. eventually leads to that call to action. Right, right. And and I mean, this is outside the scope of, of video, but as you think through, and hopefully you're doing this early on, call to action is one of those foundational elements of a video. But once you've determined what that call to action is, um, you should make sure that your other, you know, your website, wherever you're calling them to action, is built to receive them uh, where it makes sense they're going from the video to wherever they're being called to. Because a lot of people will have a call to action in a video, but there's not really much overlap or tie-in from the video to this landing page. Like maybe there's no landing page. And so, like you said, they just go to the website with no clear intention because that wasn't set. So Exactly. I feel like if you start doing a lot of that uh, customer journey ideation early on for your video production. Um, you can really find those little <laughs> those little hiccups along yeah. the way, even down to making sure that the web page is actually accurate or up to date or can even handle video. Um, sometimes we can make a project for someone and it's a great video and they want to share it with people. They want to get on their website and their IT guy is on vacation for the next two weeks and they're just sitting with this on their hands. So thinking about that stuff early on can really save you a headache later. Awesome. Uh, and what about, um, you know, 
that idea of only going for the cheapest option or or those who are are shopping primarily on on price where how, where does that lead to often well it's hard to be upset with anyone who's trying to save a buck especially right. in this economy we get it it's hard to really make a big investment like this especially if you're investing in video for the first time or you don't really completely understand all of the elements that go into video production which it's like I said, it's completely understandable, but when you're looking to make an impression that is professional, clean, um, and has a long shelf life, something that you can really use for a long time, going with a cheaper budget could end up costing you more because you're going to end up tweaking and changing and inve inevitably reshooting a lot of that content. Mm -hmm. And it can be frustrating as well. Like how much is your time and your piece worth? How much of that work do you actually want to just pass on to someone else so that you don't have to worry about it? Right. I like to think of video as something that works for you in the background, kind of like a set it and forget it. And when you invest in video production, that's really what you're paying for. When you do it yourself, um, it can be cost efficient. It can look really good. A lot of phones look great. Um, a lot of people's home cameras look great. But you're really not considering your labor, your, the energy you're expensing, as well as what you might end up having to fix down the line. Where if you had just invested in something a little more expensive early on, it would have saved you a lot yeah. down the road. And, and a lot of people don't realize the amount of time that goes into video. And so to, to that point, people may go in with the intentions of doing it themselves um, or what, whatever that approach is, and they realize they maybe got it in over their heads. And also I think it's important for people as they are thinking about their budget and the investment that they're making in video, um, that they're, whoever the team is that they're working with is, is really coming up with a solid plan on how are we going to go about this, a, a, a solid process, and then you know how to use it after the fact. Like if those are missing, you're right you should just go for the cheapest option. If, if you're just creating like video for video's sake and you don't necessarily see a specific use case of like, okay, this video is going to help drive, you know, this number of sales and do this specific thing for your business, go for the cheapest option. Yeah. <laughs> but if you want your video to do something, um, you know, that's when you should really start thinking about, okay, how much I'm investing, is that going to get me the results that I want? If I think that this should make a $100,000 difference in my business, mm -hmm. am I only going to invest $5,000? Um, hey, if you get an ROI of that with $5,000, <laughs> fantastic. But Perfect. it doesn't happen that way. And it's hard to make it happen that way. Yeah, it is. And I, I would argue that um, finding a way to invest in video is finding a way to invest in the greater project, the greater call to action, the greater bottom line. So if you're really trying to make um, maybe new clients feel more comfortable and just give them an introduction, something quick, something simple, something sweet, maybe you don't need a full production. Right. But if you're launching a new product or service or you're opening a new location, you're franchising and you really need to make a great impression, I personally wouldn't recommend a cheaper option. I'd recommend something that makes sure that you put your best foot forward. Yeah, great point, great point. What else is there on common pitfalls? Ooh, one that 
I personally deal with a lot. I do a lot of the pre-interviewing here at Blue Key Media, and I talk to a lot of clients about their subjects and trying to fit too many subjects into one story. Um, it can feel... And, and when we say subject, we mean like the people we're interviewing. Yeah, right? exactly. The people that we're sitting down, talking to, um, getting their side of whatever messaging that we're working on that right. day. Um, it's great to want to include your boss and the CEO and your favorite employee and yourself and your work wife. It's all great. But maybe they're not all delivering the exact message, a cohesive message, and a universal message as cleanly as we could if we could pick one or two subjects. Right. It can be difficult trying to tell someone like, hey, um, you're great, but we're not going to keep you in the video. We might have to cut you. That's frustrating. And that's an, mm -hmm. that, that's a that's a situation that you can actually avoid on the back end during pre-production with pre-interviews and passing mm -hmm. that on to production companies so we can actually help shape and sew together all of these stories so right. we can find exactly who needs to be in it. Yeah, and and that's a great point. It, it, it helps with budget when you don't interview too many people because it costs more to interview more people and yeah. it takes longer to edit. And so you're right. If you can really focus in on who are the most important people and realizing that, you know, just because you're not interviewing everybody doesn't mean that, you know, their voices aren't necessarily being represented. Exactly. Um, and the other thing too, and we run into this with more of the nonprofit side of things where we're telling, you know, these individual stories a lot of people want to focus on like, hey, we want to showcase three people's stories in one video or four people. And and they have great intentions of of trying to really like show a swath of their services and the yeah. people that impact. But it becomes so much more difficult for the viewer to make a connection when we're jumping between four storylines and we only have three minutes. And so then that means, um, you know, you only get like 45 seconds of each person's story in a three-minute video. And how do you create a, a strong connection, emotional connection that's going to drive results if you only have 45 seconds? You're not giving their experience enough justice. So, yeah, yeah, I think, I think that is definitely another area where focusing in on your subjects and not having too many mm -hmm. will improve your project. Absolutely. Another pitfall that I do think about is... Uh, the location pitfall. There are so many things that can go into getting a perfect location for a production. I personally prefer a studio because we have more control that way. Um, but when we're filming on location, it can have the best lighting, the best architecture. But what is going on in the background? Does this place have a lot of high feet, like foot traffic? Are there yeah. going to be people coming in and out? If they do come in and, in and out, are the doors loud when they close? Yeah. Is there an echo in the in the space? There's other elements that when you get there might look great, but as soon as the cameras start rolling, that's when you might realize like, oh, this might not be the perfect location. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My favorite one uh, about location is um, lawn maintenance. Uh, you know, if you're if you're filming at a corporate place, like <laughs> when does your lawn maintenance come? Are they going to come exactly at the the time that we're interviewing people and their lawnmower is going to be driving by? I can't tell you how many times that's happened. I mean, in Minnesota, uh, <laughs> when does the heat kick on? Are we going to yeah. hear the fans start turning on in the background? Exactly. Things you got to think about. Yep. 
And uh, for those of you who are watching this, um, no, we're not actually sitting next to a really warm, uh, beautiful green uh, outside. This is this is a studio. Yeah. So this is. You know, you can create a lot of really cool looks in a studio. Exactly. Just a shameless plug for... There's a lot of ways to make a studio space feel like you're on a cozy, comfortable location mm -hmm. without all the hassle of negotiating all of those other elements. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Well, is there anything else we should talk about before uh, we wrap things up? I mean, the only other thing I would say is that as time-consuming and as detail-oriented as pre-production may seem... Um, it's very important. Mm -hmm. And the more you think about the intentionality of how you're approaching this project, the more these little details actually come to light and can save you. Mm -hmm. They can feel like obstacles, but they're actually life preservers and they'll actually pull you out of a lot of bad situations. Yeah, yeah that's a great point. And if the whole pre-production process feels really overwhelming, um, I mean, that's what a great video team with uh, an all-star producer like Sophia uh, can can do to to make your projects more seamless, uh, and to and I mean a good production company should be driving that process exactly, and, and should take that off of uh, someone's plate of all of those details because we we live and breathe this. We know we we know how exactly. to avoid these pitfalls. So yep. awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sophia, for joining us again. Of course. And sharing all of your knowledge on pre-production and how to make projects more successful. Um, and if uh, you've been listening and have any sort of questions as it relates to this podcast, or maybe you have other questions about video, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, visit us at bluekeymedia.com or on social media at bluekeymedia. Uh, but otherwise, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode.